ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Here with the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons lost to the Los Angeles Rams today, 31-27 in a bizarre and thrilling game. The Falcons fell behind 28-3, which we know is a famous score in Atlanta Falcons history. But it was them who almost made the comeback today where they end up throwing into the end zone, being denied by Jalen Ramsey, and then a Hail Mary at the end before they went down 31-27 at SoFi Stadium to the defending Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams. Just a few game notes here. The Falcons offense recorded 260 total net yards of offense, including 90 rushing. Atlanta's defense forced a season-high three turnovers, just two games in the season. The Rams improved to 1-1. One one. The Falcons went down to 0-2. Seven different defenders had five or more tackles for the Falcons on Sunday. This is the second consecutive week. Six or more players had at least five tackles. The Falcons also registered the first black punt return for a touchdown in the regular season in team history. The only other block punt return for a touchdown came in the game in 2003. The playoff game in Green Bay, the miracle at Lambeau. Uh, the Falcons were the first team to post a playoff victory at Lambeau Field in Green Bay. And for this game, running back Corderell Patterson served as the team's sixth captain for game day. Now, Coach Arthur Smith was uh, available after the game, and we wanted to know his thoughts on the loss. Obviously, it wasn't perfect, and we need to break through. But the one thing about our guys, no matter what has happened, we've had a chance the last play to go win it. And uh, we'll continue to grow. And certainly, you know, you go through these things, there's, it's painful to lose like that in uh, one possession, but we have the right mindset. We'll grow, and we'll get better. And we've got a lot, a lot of football ahead of us. And we got another big challenge next week. But these guys, they fight. They're resilient. Like I said, it's, it's, it wasn't perfect, D-Led. Mm-hmm. But, the, you know, I was really proud of these guys, uh, a lot of the young guys, right? You just never give up on it. Even when it looks like they converted with Cup on the one, to be able to punch the ball out, uh, the block punt, mm-hmm. all the big plays, you knowing you're never out of the fight. And we had a chance at the end. And um, obviously they made, more, made a play down there. And even so, we got off the field and at least had a shot at a Hail Mary. Yep, no question about it. Uh, you know, the Falcons did battle back. They must be commended for that. It was, uh, you know, a bizarre set of circumstances. Um, you know, a line in these type of games, you know, you get a block punt. You punch the ball off a of Cooper Cup. Uh, you get two touchdowns. You know, you look like uh, it's 28-3. to three. You cut it to 28-10. to 10. They get a field goal. It's a, they're up 31 to 10 and uh, it's looking like, you know, you're going home or, or getting blown out. 
Then all of a sudden you storm back with a couple touchdowns and uh, you you know now all of a sudden it's a one score game and you're in a dogfight. Uh, you know with a uh, with little bit over three minutes to go. So yeah, they fought back. Uh, you know not, a lot of stuff happened early that you know let the uh, Rams build that 28 to three lead. And so you can't ignore that that you know they were playing a little soft in coverage and the Rams were getting yak yardage. Uh, the blunder right before halftime, you know, situational football. That's one of the things we uh, talk about here. Uh, it didn't go our way. But, you know, and the big thing after Memphis, hey, you know, you got Kyle Pitts last year. You got Drake London this year in the draft. Kyle Pitts has only got four catches in two games. You know, so, um, you know, something's happening on the field because it it's not like, okay, we don't want to get the tight end the ball, you know, so nobody's like, uh, talking that in any offensive meeting for the Falcons. So, but the fact is, the Rams took him away. He only had three targets, two catches for 16. I'll double check that. And, uh, but, you know, it's officially three targets in the book, but there was one that he drew a personal foul on. So that's actually four targets for, for Kyle Pitts. And that'll be our follow up story, I'm sure, tomorrow. But let's hear from Arthur Smith today on the lack of touches for Kyle Pitts. Yeah, Kyle's a huge part of our offense. And I, I know this, and the thing is, you just got to take it with context. Um, I, it's the same thing we're trying to win, and he has a huge impact on the game. And so that's a really good uh, front and certainly probably the most dominant interior pass rusher in the last decade. And so when you're sitting there using different things to try to stay on track because the guy can be a nightmare and Kyle is such an important piece and you know the ball we go after him or he's targeted and other guys made plays so you know it's like a perfect example you target him on one and um, if they cover him or they they account for him and then Hodge comes in there and makes a big play it happened uh, a few times things like that it's not fantasy football we're just trying to win and uh, we'll continue to 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 look at everything and, and try to get better so, of course, then we wanted to go to quarterback Marcus Mariota on Kyle Pitts' situation. You know, week in and week out, it's going gonna, it's gonna to depend, right? Um, you know, they did a good job. There was a couple of moments where they were doubling him. There was a couple of moments, um, you know, just the way that the, the game flows. Um, where he's going to get his targets. He's going to find the ball. The ball will come to him. Um, it's just these first couple of weeks, it just hasn't happened that way. Well, you know, it has happened for Drake London. He had another uh, big game. Actually, his touchdown is what kind of ignited the rally. He had a four-yard touchdown catch. Let's hear from Marcus on Drake London. Yeah, they, they both are great. That, that room has been awesome. Um, you know, Drake, he's going to continue to learn. He's going to continue to grow. Um, but he's, he's, I mean, he's done a great job for us. And, um, you know, with that being said, um, you know, we got to continue to find ways to spread the ball around because I think we've got a great group. Well, yeah, you know, the, uh, Marcus is, uh, you know, back with the back on the field after being a reserve for two years, had, you know, turnovers late and both of these losses uh, when you need him to make a play. But uh, the team fought. You got to give him credit for that. And so we're going to do that. Well, here's what Marcus had to say about the fight of the team. Yeah, at the end of the day, you know what, we got to a great group of guys um, that have a lot of fight, that have the mentality just to continue to take it one play at a time. This league is weird, man. You're going to find yourself in these close games. Um, we just got to do a better job of finding ways to, to win them. Right. And so, you know, um, tough losses uh, for a young team aren't, aren't that bad of a, of a deal. 
It's something you, you try to take things from them and put them together uh, and try to build on them as they are fighting to try to put together a whole game. You know, um, they've only played uh, good in stretches here over these first two games. And, and that's typical of young teams trying to find their way. We talked to Rams GM last week, uh, Les Snead, and talked about having their breakthrough, how 2017 was their breakthrough season. That's what the Falcons are trying to do. They're trying to have a breakthrough, whether it's, you know, Seattle's probably not going to be a breakthrough win. But if you upset the Super Bowl champions who are already mad because they had lost to the Bills, that's a break. That would have been a breakthrough win for them here. But they one play short again, couldn't pull that one off. But one of the highlights for them was the play of Drake London, the uh, rookie from USC who's from Moore Park. I'm told that's in the valley here about an hour away. And he, um, you know, he's had two good games here to start the season. So Drake London, we, uh, you know, wanted to know why the team was able to come back. And he spoke about how Coach Smith preaches to them about how they are to never give up. Every day, that's what Coach Arthur preaches. We're going to keep fighting, and we're going to keep on going until we figure this thing out. And uh, Drake was uh, able to share a moment. Uh, Marcus Mariota talked about this. Uh, he was able, he told, he went and got the ball for Drake. So he, you know, have this, uh, you know, have this uh, memento of him getting his first touchdown in the league. So here's what Drake had to say on getting that first score in front of his family. I mean, obviously that was fun, you know, getting my first touchdown in front of my family, in front of my home crowd. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, we lost and we're trying to win in this league. That's all that matters, right? So um, we got some stuff to clean up. We got a lot to do and uh, we're going to get to it. All right, here, let's look at some of the offensive player notes before we go to break. Marcus Mariota was 17 of 26 for 65.3%, 196 yards passing, two touchdowns. 81.6 passer rating. He had his first passing touchdown as a Falcon on Sunday, finishing the day with two touchdown passes. Cordell Patterson, after the big week last week, he was held to 41 yards on 10 carries, still 4.1 average. Tyler Algier, who was up, you know, with Damian Williams being on injured reserve, he rushed 30 yards on 10 carries in his NFL debut. Caleb Huntley was up, and he had his first uh, NFL carry uh, in his NFL career. He's been on the practice squad toiling for a year and uh, two games, one game. Uh, Drake London had eight catches for 86 yards, one touchdown, and a two-point conversion. That was the first of his career, both. And uh, 13 receptions in his first two games breaks Sean Collins' record of 11 receptions, for the most receptions by Ricky through the first two games of the season in franchise history. Now, uh, since 2002, London's 13 catches in his first two career games are tied for the fourth most of any receiver. London currently leads all rookie receivers with 13 receptions for 160 yards through two games. And that's good. He was the first receiver taken. So he's leading everybody. Alamade Zacchaeus caught two balls for 21 yards and one touchdown, his first of the season, sixth of his career. Corderell Hodge, uh, he had uh, 57 yards on two catches, highlighted by a 39-yard 
reception. Uh, the 57 yards marked the third best single game of his total career, his career. And then left tackle. Uh, here's a good one. Um, he passed Keith Brooken with 128 games uh, from 2000 to 2008 for the third longest streak of games started in Atlanta Falcon history with 129 consecutive starts. His 129 con consecutive starts are the most among all active players in the NFL. So those are our offensive notes. And right now, we're going to take a break from the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. This is the Bowtie Chronicles podcast from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, an air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. We're back here at the Bowtie Chronicles podcast after the Falcons went down 31-27 to the Los Angeles Rams here in Inglewood, California. One of the uh, people who had a big play late in the game was Darren Hall. Here's what he had to say about forcing the fumble on Cooper Cup. I would say we knew the ball was probably going to go to 10 or 1 in that situation. We got to have a situation. Those are the guys. So um, I ended up lining on top of 10. Um, had some inside help, so I was using my help. Uh, caught the ball, but it's not, the play's not over, so the play is over for me. So got over there, punched the ball out, was able to recover it and give the uh, offense a chance to uh, finish the game. Well, all right. Uh, there's Darren Hall. I think he's going to be starting here at some point. Uh, right cornerback, uh, Casey Hayward starting right now, but he left the game with a shoulder injury and returned. And here's what Casey had to say about winning some of these close games. We had three turnovers on defense, so that was a, that was a plus for us. I think we it could have been tied or we won the turnover battle. But we need to win these close games. We got to find a way to win the close games, I think, last year. Then they might have lost eight out of the nine games under seven. So we got to find a way to flip those games. And it's only week two, so week three we can hopefully flip that and then uh, win some of these close games. Yep, the, he's, his stats are wrong on the close games. But y'all uh, remember, I think the Falcons won six one-score games last year. And uh, the, a lot of the losses were blowouts losses but uh yeah you do got to win the close games in this league it's designed for people to go eight and eight and when you don't finish people off there's always time left to come back and the falcons did that today against the defending super bowl champions now uh, michael cunningham was out here to um, write the column from the game and he uh enjoyed talking to mikhail walker the uh, falcons linebacker who um talked about the um the zones and how the Rams were able to exploit the Falcons zones. Here's what uh, Mikael Walker had to say about that after the game. 
that's football. You know, you're going to have to get it's give and take. So um, we were playing zone. Credit to them. They found it. They exploded it. Um, they just kept sitting in those zones. And, you know, when you get closer and closer, at the end, we were able to start playing a little bit more matchy, you know, go get those. We still, the calls are great. We just got to execute a little bit better. Yep, no question about it. And uh, Walker, who's one of the, um, you know, the signal caller on defense, here's what he had to say about the team never quitting. I mean, this team is never going to quit. You know, we we dug ourselves in a hole early. We fought back, and you know, we climbed and crawled back. So this team's not going to quit, and I'm proud of those guys for that. And I know each and every week we're going to go in there and put our best foot forward. Okay, let's. Uh, we're going to go to uh, the mailbag after we go over some of the defensive stats here from the game. Uh, Daniel will help us here with the mailbag today. So uh, Casey Hayward, he had two tackles and one interception, one pass defense. It was the 25th interception of his career, which he, he knew uh, that he had 25 interceptions. So he's tied with the Chargers, um, J.C. Jackson, for the eighth most interceptions among active players. It was his first interception since week 18 of, two thousand, of the 2021 season with the Raiders so against the Chargers. And it was his first interception with the Atlanta Falcons. Darren Hall, who we talked to here today, he had a career high five tackles, uh, one forced fumble, and the he recovered his own forced fumble. So that were those were both first in his career. Uh, Walker had five tackles, five um, five solo tackles, seven overall. The one interception, one pass defense. It was his second interception of his career. His first um, was also on the road in week 14 against Carolina. If I recall correctly, he took that one to the house. Cornerback A.J. Terrell, I know, finished with uh, nine tackles. He led the team with nine tackles. Uh, outside linebacker Audie Agunda J finished with six tackles, and he had a sack. The sack was his second of his career. And then Tyquan Graham recorded a career-high four tackles. Uh, safety Richie Grant finished with six, three solo. Uh, Grant leads the team in total tackles through two games with a season high of 16. Now, Rashard Evans recorded seven tackles on one solo. Uh, marks the second consecutive game with at least six or more tackles. In the second quarter, he gave way to second-round pick Troy Anderson, who got kind of hemmed inside on the eight-yard touchdown run by Daryl. Uh, Henderson for the Rams as they went up 21-3. But uh, Troy Anderson, who shot through there and made the block punt, was, uh, you know, he's the second-round pick, and they're going to get him some playing time, it looks like. Outside linebacker Lorenzo Carter finished with two total tackles, one tackle for a loss, one touchdown return on the block punt. That was his first career touchdown. Outside linebacker D'Angelo Malone, who was active for uh, his first NFL action, he registered his first career tackle. He has two. He had two total in his NFL debut. And inside linebacker Troy Anderson registered his first career tackle and the first block punt. And then on the special teams uh, point uh, side of it, Young Waku was one or two on field goal attempts and two extra points. For five points. All right, let's get ready to go to the mailbag. Daniel, what do you have for me on the mailbag? 
What's going on, D-Led? Yeah, you can, of course, you can follow D-Orlando Ledbetter on Twitter, at D-Orlando-A-J-C. And I think the big theme, D-Led, from some of your tweets was was uh, Kyle Pitts and the lack of targets he was able to get. We'll start with uh, Chad Berry, who said, Horrible play calls. Pitts is in the witness protection program. The other one said, Horrible play calls down the stretch. That was at Bertrand Pearson. And then at Tex Atlanta 23 is Kyle Pitts on the trade block. The man has three targets all game. So I know we heard from Coach Arthur Smith and Marcus Mariota about Kyle Pitts. I'll ask you, what maybe the reasoning is in the first two games where we're not seeing a lot of Kyle Pitts and in, in the targets coming his way? Yeah, they have to uh, move him around more. You saw a safety over him wherever he went. So, you know, there's some check down opportunities, maybe some crossing route things uh, that they can do. But like Arthur Smith said, if they want to take away the middle of the field, that leaves the outside free for the other players to work. And so that's why that 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 was his reason. But I didn't see the, the Rams know everybody's trying to take Cooper Cup away. But he gets he gets open. And uh it's maybe a part of uh Stafford locking in on him. But you know, we'll see how this goes. You know, I'm I'm thinking you you don't want to force feed him, but you definitely want him getting more than three targets. No doubt about that. Let's go to the email now. Joe St. Louis was pretty busy emailing you a couple of times here. So I'm going to kind of go through some of the points that he made and see um, where you can dive in. Talking about the defense did well. Why didn't he double team uh, Cooper Cup a little bit more? He thought Marcus Mariota's accuracy was off today. Give Ritter a chance. So I'm going to start with that. I think we've seen obviously two straight games of Marcus Mariota in two close games. Do you think it's Going to get to a point where we do see Desmond Ritter. It seemed from Arthur Smith in the you know the preseason that he wasn't going to entertain that right now, and he's focused on Marcus Mariota, especially with these two games. Do you feel like it's just going to be Mariota for a long time here, or do we eventually see Ritter? I think the coach is going to stick with Marcus. Marcus is going to probably, uh, you know, because he plays with such reckless abandon, Marcus is probably going to make it where Desmond's going to play. But coaches, um, he said he played good enough, uh, which, you know, at some point that's not going to cut it. You know, he had a chance to win the game at the end and couldn't do it. He had a chance uh, to put the game away last week and didn't do it. So once he becomes the reason why they're losing, then maybe they get Desmond ready to play. But, you know, if he doesn't fumble last week, that's a win. If he figures out a way to um, get that ball in the end zone today from 37 yards, he didn't have to go a long way. Uh, I'm sure, you know, we saw Matt Ryan do that with some regularity. But I know he's having a tough time in Indy right now, according to the early scores today. But I think we're going to see Ritter, but it's going to be because of injury. Not because the coach wants to see if Marcus can uh, win and play and lead the team and so forth. And um, I, I don't think that experiment's over with yet. All right, another experiment that uh, Joe St. Louis wants to see maybe is Huntley in short yardage in the backfield. Algier is elusive but has had trouble getting through big linemen. What are your thoughts on what Joe had to say about the running back situation? Um, I like that. I like Huntley. I don't like one back sets. I don't like the pistol in short yard situations or goal line situations. That's just not traditional football. You got a fullback on the roster. You should use him. I put all three of them back there. Uh, Caleb, 
uh, Keith Smith and uh, put uh, that old full house backfield in there with Patterson and send him over the top for two yards. If you can't seal the backside and get two yards or one yard, you know, I went off last week on the fourth and one where they didn't go for it. But I don't like the formations and, uh, you know, it's a little too finessy for me to get in the shotgun on the fourth and one or fourth and two or uh, on the five yard line, which I believe did happen today. And it's a little too finessy for me to, um, you know, have one back in there, uh, you know, uh, in the in the uh, short yard situations. Uh, we saw, and you know, everybody everybody uh, knocks the offensive coordinator, uh, no matter who it is. So you know, I remember when Dirk Cutter would run the forty belly with Keith and just let him go up the middle and get it. Uh, you know, we I haven't seen any belly plays in in the uh, in the attack. You know, the Rams did flash them some uh some eye formation here today, had a fullback in there, number 18. Uh, and the Falcons, um, you know, that was a look they hadn't seen. So I want if I'm gonna run the ball in power situations, I'm gonna run it in a power formation too. So and and I think uh, uh Huntley should get a shot at that. All right, good stuff. He did end with a good note. Joe St. Louis says the Falcons deserve a big cheer for playing tough against the 2022 Super Bowl chance, which I agree. Again, down 28-3, 31-10, able to make a game of it. So that's a good way to end the mailbag, d and I'll let you take it away the rest of the way. Well, all right, yeah, that is a good way to end it. We certainly appreci- appreciate you all uh, uh, sending in the, um, the questions, and we'll be doing it again after the Seattle game. Uh, this is, uh, you know, we're off to a... Uh, you know, the season's off. Everybody's happy. We got football back. And, you know, it's a couple takeaways from the first two weeks. A one-point loss, a four-point loss. Just let you know how slim it is the uh, margin of victory is in the National Football League, especially early as teams are trying to find their identities, what they can do well, what they uh, need to um, what they need to do better. And so the Falcons have, have uh, shown a lot of things from a lot of young players, uh, you know, um, and, and, you know, Corderell Patterson, is he, you know, is that running game real or was that Memorex? You know, he still averaged four-point carry, but they knew you can't run him 20 times, so they didn't run him 20 times today. Algier and uh, Huntley got some of the action. So we've seen enough in two games for them to move forward. They got to figure out how to put a game together and get a win. But, uh, you know, we've seen some good football from the Falcons. You know, a lot of doom and gloom was predicted for this year. And, uh, you know, uh, so far they played two close games. I don't know if that's going to flip you or turn you into, you know, hey, um, uh, uh, you know, they need to start getting ready for the playoff run. But uh, have been two games where a lot of good football was played. Now the challenge for the coaching staff is for them to put it together. Now, uh, speaking about the coaching staff, before we get out of here, outside linebacker coach Ted Monachino will not be with the team for he wasn't with them today, and he wasn't he won't be with them in Seattle, and um you know we'll stick to what they they told us as personal reasons. Well, let's just wish him the best. He's one of the uh, good guys in the game, and uh, coach, we just uh, whatever your situation is, we wish you the best here moving forward, and uh, look forward to a speedy. Uh, return to the sidelines for you. We're going to say, uh, we're going to uh, ask everybody to take care and have a great rest of your week. Ocean Breeze. 
tropical beach, Pina Colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com.